Have you been told to fake it till you make it to improve your confidence? That hasn't worked for you, has it? That's because for many women leaders, confidence doesn't work that way. Women want to feel confident first from the inside before they can show it on the outside. So that advice that usually works for men often falls flat for women. So by the end of this episode, you'll have my seven-step framework for how to build confidence from a well-rounded perspective so that you feel that confidence comes from the inside so that it's authentic to who you are. I'm Jill Avey, a career success coach, and this is Sister Smart Leadership, the show that explores how women can rise from director to vice president and beyond by fully leaning into their feminine energy as their biggest advantage. Let's get you one step closer to the recognition and promotion you deserve. So what does confidence affect? It affects whether you speak up in meetings and how you speak up in meetings. It affects how we approach our workload. It affects that we can overwork to want to be proving our worth, that we can procrastinate because this comes from self-doubt often where we're doubting ourselves and so we don't get started on that project. It affects our ability to influence. We can over-rely on a team instead of our own original thinking. And it can hold us back from building relationships that we need to be successful in the job we have and the job that we need to move up to the next level. Not having enough confidence can hold us back from building trust with senior leaders and peers, as well as the willingness to put ourselves forward for projects and promotions. So you can see that confidence affects a lot (laughs) and it's well worth it to be working on our confidence. So the first thing that we want to do when we're building confidence, so step one would be understanding your zone of brilliance. So what do we count in the zone of brilliance? What makes up our zone of brilliance? So this is, this is this area where we want to be working. So I think of it as our strengths. What is it that you're kind of innately good at that you bring to whatever situation that you go to? That's our innate strengths. And then there's a secret sauce about you. So what is that secret sauce that you have? What makes it different in the way that you do something versus the way anybody else could do this? or maybe somebody who's not that great. How do you distinguish from that? Everybody has that special thing about them in the way that they approach something that makes it special, and but yet we often don't even acknowledge that. So take a moment to think about that piece. And then also, what are the skills that you've learned over the years of your career? And what is it that you just know how to do? So that's the first step. The second step is to combat imposter syndrome. If you're doing anything significant in life, you are going to feel some imposter syndrome to go with it. This happens whether you're a man or a woman. It happens to anybody who's pushing the boundaries. No one in their comfort zone feels imposter syndrome, but anybody who's pushing out, who's growing, who's doing something new, taking risks, taking on challenges, you're you're just going to feel this. So you really want to work with that imposter. You want to embrace your imposter and say, hey, I see you. The purpose of the imposter is to keep us safe. Its function is to keep our ego safe. So I always like to appreciate that imposter. Give it a little hug is what I say. And then thank you, but no thank you. I don't need you right now (laughs) is usually my go-to script for the imposter. The next thing that we can do when you're feeling a lack of confidence is to put more emphasis on co-creation. So if you feel that pressure on your shoulders, or stress about something, or you're just not feeling it, that's a good signal that you need a team. Whenever I have a client that's feeling a lot of stress about something, especially when that's coupled with anxiety, 
then that's what I always recommend. Like pull a team together. You shouldn't do these things on your own. And things are too high stakes these days and life's too short to do it all by yourself and have all that on your own shoulders. This is why companies are organizing teams. A lot of companies even have co-CEOs now because they know that that pressure is just too much for one person to bear. And it's, you're not getting, you know, you're not at your best when you have that kind of pressure, but yet we can often be at our best when we have the support system of a team. Next, how, learn how to analyze risk. This is really important in confidence because if you're not sure if you should take a risk or not, then it's going to hold you back and you're not going to feel confident about it. But when you are really good at risk analysis and you've got some tools, there's lots of tools out there. The first one to go to is your decision tree. If you think, yes, I do this. No, I don't do this. And then think what happens then if it goes well and what happens if it doesn't go well? What happens if it goes well that I didn't do it? And what happens if it doesn't go well that I didn't do it? Just that, that simple decision tree will really help you to know if you're assessing something in a full way. You can model it on a spreadsheet. There's very sophisticated models that you can build. There's a lot of different ways that we can do risk analysis. Just getting out and talking to some people and finding out what other people think about the situation can often be very enlightening as well. So when we know that we've really analyzed a risk from, from a lot of different viewpoints, you're going to have a lot more confidence to, to go ahead and take that step. All right. Our fifth thing is learning how to bounce back from failure. So you'll have a lot more confidence if you know that even if it doesn't go well, I'll still be okay. And that's what a lot of people will need just to be able to take a step forward is to know that, hey, I can bounce back. I'm resilient. I have lots of skills. I'm very talented. I have the network. I have the support system at home. Whatever it is that you have that helps you be resilient, that can be a very good piece of building that confidence. And it's important to remember that confidence is built over many small moments. It's not just one big thing that you did and now you're going to have confidence forever. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. We have to continually be pushing ourselves. And so it is good to develop that resilience. If you don't feel like you're resilient enough right now, take a look and see where do I need to build on that and what can I do so that I can start taking more small risks and start building that confidence up. So number six is grounding yourself in your why. So your why is kind of made famous by Simon Sinek. That's a really important thing to know. So having a why, really understanding, why is it that you get up out of bed in the morning? Why is it that it's important that you do the work you do? Why is it that you want to provide? Why is it that what you do is important in society? Why is it important to your team, to your company? Really tapping into all of these reasons why you do what you do can really help you. I can tell you that that gets me out of bed a lot and it gets me to do things even like creating this video to really remember who I'm doing it for. And then I really want to help leaders out there be the best they can be. And that's super motivating for me. It gets me to push my edges all the time. And then finally, number seven is build a supportive group of fans that you can lean on. Everybody needs they're super fans. <laughs> and so when you feel the fear of whatever it is you want to attempt that's significant, there's going to be fear if you're doing something that, that takes courage, that takes pushing your edges. That is always going to be there. And so it's great to be able to lean on those people that 
just love everything you do and think you're the greatest. So this could be your dog. <laughs> my dog is definitely one of my biggest supporters. She thinks I'm amazing. And I think about that sometimes. If I could just be the person that she thinks I am, <laughs> it would be great. I also have a mentor that that is a huge supporter of mine. My husband is a huge supporter of mine. My mom is. I've got those people around that I can stop and think about them and what they think of me before I start to act. These shifts are how you can really start to push yourself out there to take more risk, to do things that might feel scary, really do something that wouldn't have been you in the past. One of my clients is running an organization that's about 20 to 30 people, depending on the, the time of year. And this is an organization that has five partners. When she was kind of put in charge of everything, her confidence needed to grow for her to grow into that role. And as we do, whenever you get promoted, you have to grow into that role internally. <laughs> so it's one thing that somebody tells you you're now this new thing, but you have to mentally promote yourself within as well. And so she went through this process and that imposter syndrome first came up of like, who am I to do all of this? And who am I to take charge? How do I just start telling everybody what to do and start making decisions? Um, because she wanted to really kind of lean back and have the team do that more. But she knew she needed to step up to lead and guide as as the company needed her to. And so what she did was really go back to what her strengths are, that zone of brilliance piece. And she made some big, bold changes with the company. And that's really helped the company grow and be so much more stable. The employees are happier. But before she made those changes, she had to think through like, okay, what is the risk involved in here? And what happens if it doesn't work? How can I bounce back from that? What kind of support system do I have? And how do I prepare people for the risk that we're taking? And so that really helped her to get everybody on board and get everybody's buy-in that we're going to make these changes. There is some risk involved in it, but we're going to do that with open eyes and we're going to do that because we see a better future. And that's really panned out for her because the company's just running so much better and all of the partners acknowledge that she's really been the one who's changed things. And so that's a really good feeling for her as well, which continually builds on that confidence. She's also in that process really defined for herself and helped help the staff too to really stop and buy into that vision on a daily basis of what it is they're doing and why they're here doing it, thinking about the mission, the vision, and the values that they all bring to the company and then the, those mission, vision, values of the company itself too so that they can all stay tied into that. And so... Let me remind you that everyone feels fear when they're doing something significant. It's what we do with that fear that defines our confidence. So I want to leave you with three shifts. What I first would like for you to do is to ask five people what they see in you. That will help you define your zone of brilliance. I would also encourage you to do the zone of brilliance exercise. It's linked below in the show notes for you. This exercise is going to support you by helping you boil down where your strengths lie. So the first shift was to ask people what are five things about you that they see. And then this exercise will help you to really fill out that full picture of what your zone of brilliance is. And so that will help improve your confidence. And it will also help you communicate your viewpoints more clearly because you'll know where it is that you're coming from. 
And then I would like you to learn how to use a decision tree. I'll put a link to a good tutorial here and you can see what a decision tree looks like. And then learn how to use that to be making your decisions and assessing your risk and then find your why. I'll put a link to Simon Sinek's amazing TED Talk that, that is what put him on the map. It's a really easy way to, to determine why it is that you do what you do. So what is one thing that you could do to bolster your confidence? I would love to hear in the comments if you're watching this on YouTube. If you would like to dive deeper into women's leadership and how to move up in your career, subscribe either on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. I'm on a mission to help more women get into leadership and stay there. So if that's aligned with you, I'd love to have you be part of this community and tune in to more episodes on Sister Smart Leadership. They will support you in becoming the leader that you want to be. If you're ready to fully lean into your feminine leadership and get promoted from director to vice president and beyond, hit that subscribe button so you'll get all the episodes to come. And check out the recommended video here to see how women are rising up without playing by the old rules that built these male-dominated industries and systems. If you're seeing just how differently women lead and how by doing so, women leaders can gain influence, restore balance, and earn the recognition and promotions they deserve, I would love it if you left a rating and review. I read each one, and these reviews make it possible for me to reach more women leaders like you so they can rise up as far as they'd like without getting stuck. <laughs>